Hey, you wonderful listeners. It's Greg Troxwell here, your host. Uh, just wanted to give a little update on this podcast before it started. Uh, we recorded this before Newcastle actually officially announced Nabil is with the tune. So uh, the you'll notice at the beginning of this podcast is us talking about him. Just giving a little introduction. It's still good to listen, but uh, you may also notice that we were not aware that he was officially going to sign um, but by the time you're listening to this, you'll also notice that we have an emergency podcast out about the new player. So you'll get to know a lot more about him. Just want to give you guys that update. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to bleed and resist was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus for Bamberg's and she was heavy laden. Away we went to Lang Collinwood Street, that's on the road to Bladen. Oh, land, you should have seen us getting. I should have gone to Lang the road just to pay with Gannon. There were lots of lads and lassies there, always finding faces. Gannon along the Scotswood Road to see the Bladen races. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio episode 113. I'm your host Greg Troxel, coming in hot on a whatever whatever today is. Um, to join me in our new... Oh, actually, no, it's not. It's Wednesday. Well, when we're recording this, this is Monday. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's Wednesday now, so that's good. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Congrats to us for making it to Wednesday. Yeah. The big, All right, well, I just ruined your intro. So. Yeah, but this is Elijah, everyone. Welcome. It's true. <laughs> uh, my name is Elijah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm super stoked to be here in this new format that has clearly confused Greg and I. I think yep. it took us like 20 minutes to start because we had a whole discussion about how does this work. But we're here. Um, this is a news episode. It's going to come out Wednesday. I'm super pumped. Great to be talking some news. If the people want to follow me, follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome for all the hottest takes, all the coolest tweets, and of course, some hot, fresh Newcastle news. Yes. I am drinking Highland Park Vikings Honor right now. Oh, I'm drinking a little uh, Fiddler. Oh, Shout out yeah. Atlanta. Yeah, shout out um, Northern Scotland. Oh, little Scotch guy. Yeah. Uh, shout, out, I, shout out Matt Ritchie and Regan Thompson. Oh, Greg. Greg, you actually kind of be proud of me. I explained to my dad what makes bourbon bourbon and why rye is not bourbon. Oh. So, shout out to me. Was he, like, did he, how did he take it? Well, I mean, he doesn't know that much about, he's more of a rum guy. So he was oh. he was wondering, like, what makes bourbon bourbon. And so I explained the whole 51% corn and yep. uh, the the cast the the barrels and all that bs well not bs but what makes bourbon american bourbon. oak cask yeah in america and, uh, yeah. And it has to be a new like fired american oak cask or it's yeah. not technically bourbon like all this other stuff and then i explained rye and i was like yeah think about it as just like whiskey but it's 51 percent rye instead of like yeah at least some are even more like some you can even get like 80 plus percent and there's some I have that no are idea why rye. the hell you would do that like no the I actually form- i i recommend 
Okay. Well, I, I used some... to be made as a mixing whiskey oh. to use for mixing drinks. And now the ryes have gotten really good, and people are just drinking them straight now. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was good straight. It had the old Forrester rye. I didn't even know they had a rye. And I was yeah. like, well, you know, I like their other stuff. Like, I pretty oh, much yeah. like everything from Old Forrester. Yeah, um, old, old Forrester is one of the best you can get. Yeah, very affordable, too. This is kind of funny because a lot of our audience just does not have access to this. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, also, like, that's free advertising. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I honestly, if one of those people are listening and wants to send us free uh, bourbon, I would not be opposed. And uh, Shivas Regal is probably pissed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, uh, no, they're an American blended scotch whiskey, Greg. So not even a direct competitor, really. Speaking of American blended scotch whiskey, no one, no one. Yeah. Uh, actually, I thought I was going to wait. This is wait, usually who when you... is American and playing in Scotland right now. Um, there's got to be someone. There's definitely someone. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to think of it quickly, and then I realized, like, wait, I don't think there is anyone. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway, let's uh. Well, you, well, where do people follow us on Twitter? That's the big thing. Yeah. Well, you gave yours. Mine's at nufc underscore Greg. You can follow our podcast account, which. Please do. We're still not even at 300 followers, guys. Like, what is this? Yeah. I know more Bizarre. than 300 of you are watching or following us, like, by typing in our name and stuff and listening to this podcast, but come on. Uh, but at CHN underscore radio and follow the main account at coming home NUFC. Um, you may have, well, you've discovered by now, this is our third podcast of this week, of this week so far. Um, this is going to be the new norm. It's kind of chopped up, but you're going to get a lot more of us throughout your week. Um, because we are recording this on a Monday, I mean, at best case scenario, we would have signed a player by now. But if we have signed a player, then you also have an emergency podcast about that player. But because yeah. we're doing this on a Monday, we're going to record as if nothing has happened yet. Um, so there's that. So we're going to, this is just your Newcastle United news episode. We're also going to do your questions as well. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Sip some bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Or scotch or yeah. any whiskey of your whiskey choice. Whiskey of actually. any kind. Yeah. Yeah. Rum, vodka, uh, white claws, whatever. Ain't no laws, baby. Ain't no laws. Uh, first thing, let's talk about Nabil Bentaleb. Mm. So just yeah. to give some readers a recap, and then I implore you all to go to cominghomenufc.com. Actually, cominghomenewcastle.com. Yeah. Um, and check out the report that uh, the article that Elijah wrote, our very own Elijah wrote today, just describing more in depth than most people have been doing about Nabil. Um, Elijah's been following Schalke uh, just as a just to keep in touch with the German league, which is an extremely exciting league. And he picked his team as Schalke to, to follow. So he knows a little bit and he can, he dives in a little bit more about the discipline issues. And I'm sure you've been hearing about on social media. We'll talk about that today, but it's definitely worth a read. So do that. Check out the website for that. But, um, it looks like Nabil Bentaleb is going to be a Newcastle United player. Um, he, as I just mentioned, is coming from Schalke. And he's 25 years old from, for, he's French and Algerian. I can't remember which team he's actually like. I think he's like, he's representing Algeria right now. Oh, okay. Perfect. 
But I'm, um, I'm, I'm sure he's in a kind of similar situation as like a lot of um, African players who are in Europe. They're like refugees who got it. Lived, lived in France. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I looked up here. He's he's born in Lille, but he's has Algerian citizenship and represents. So yeah. So Frenchman, but it could be that same situation. Like parents were refugees and whatnot. Um, but he actually had a Premier League experience. So he, after coming up through the youth ranks, he uh, got to Spurs and he made his debut with Spurs uh, in December of 2013, made 66 league and cup appearances for them and then moved over to eventually to Schalke and where he played a big role, not this season, but the year before, which Elijah will dive into. And now he's linked to a loan deal for uh, with us. Um, Elijah, give us kind of, kind of, you don't have to, don't give up all your secrets in the article, but, um, and we still have, we're probably going to end up doing an emergency podcast on it, but at least give people an introduction to who is Nabil Bentaleb. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll save, you know, the introdu- the the play style and all the tactics, all that stuff for if this actually happens. But I, I think the two big things I want to hit on. Um, is the disciplinary issues because I, that's something that was floating around on, on Twitter a lot today. Um, and first, I want to lead with uh, just I'm just honestly a little shocked at like how many English people just I mean, I, I'm not I guess it's weird because we're American, but I feel like Greg and I have our, our toes in multiple leagues. Like I know obviously we both follow MLS and both follow the Premier League, um, but I mean, we both watch the Bundesliga. Greg follows League uh, I watch on occasion. I watch a little bit more La Liga than League uh. Um But it's interesting that, like, it seems like British people just only watch Premier League, which is cool. And I understand, like, you know, only supporting your club. But it's always interesting to at least watch other leagues. Because every time we're linked to a player from, like, like Nabil Bentaleb is, was a, is a very hot name in the Bundesliga. And it's just bizarre that Newcastle fans, like, just seem to know nothing about him, which is just bizarre to me. But anyway, um, that was just a quick aside. But the main thing is the disciplinary issues. Um, he basically went from um, a manager in Tedesco who he played under when they were um, when uh, he was on loan at Schalke from Tottenham, and then of course the following season, which was last season, um, and the first season Tedesco was there and Bentaleb was there, they made it to a Champions League spot really good um in the next season had a lot of injuries um Tedesco uh got sacked after um a, a winless run in the Bundesliga and a uh, really unfortunate loss to Man City in the round of 16 um of the Champions League um but to be fair like Schalke last season were just dealing with a ton of injuries um and there was moments where Bentaleb and like Weston McKinney were playing as strikers because they had like no midfielders um, kind of similar to what Newcastle's going through right now. But after that, he went from like a player-focused manager, similar to Steve Bruce, to like a super strict caretaker manager. Um, and he did not like Nabil Bentaleb, and Bentaleb didn't like him. And his disciplinary issues were essentially he had a groin strain, and the manager was like, everyone needs to be here at this game against RB Leipzig. Like, we have to all be there. And Bentaleb didn't show up, and he was suspended. And then later on, basically the coach was like, we're not like he's not going to be a part of our first team plans because of his his attitude, which of course is all subjective. And so um, that's that's the interesting thing for me. Um, and ever since then, the club has kind of la- labeled him as a disciplinary like 
issue, and the new manager didn't really give him much chance. David Wagner, shout out to him, German American, um, could have coached the U.S. men's national team, but you know, we didn't <laughs> we didn't go after him. And Schalke are now doing well in the league, so shout out to us for missing that boat again. Um, and uh, so he didn't he hasn't really gotten an opportunity to him towards meniscus, which people were a little bit concerned about, but he's been healed from that since uh, late November. Um, hasn't made a first team appearance at all this season. Probably won't. And um, that's kind of his story. Central midfielder, box-to-box kind of guy. The key thing for Newcastle fans, and people are asking, why Benzleb, why Benzleb? Because he actually fills two needs Newcastle have. He's a good defensive midfielder in terms of he's he's a ball-winning type midfielder. Goes in for a lot of challenges. I mean, he'll pick up a lot of yellows, that kind of stuff. That uh, Modiame-esque type player. But unlike Modiame, he is actually really good at retaining uh, the ball. And I mentioned in, in the piece... Um, if you're American and you're, if you don't really follow the Bundesliga, think like a Darlington Nagby type player where he just kind of navigates a lot of tight spaces without, um, without you, you kind of were like, how did he do that? And that, that's kind of how I would describe him. Would be a good signing for us because Newcastle, as we'll talk about, or we, I guess we already have talked about technically at the time of this podcast, um, something that they struggled with. Um, with Chelsea is like when they win the ball, they they couldn't turn that into offense, and he'd be a guy to 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 help that, and you know be able to retain the ball, get it to Shelby, get it up the pitch, all that good stuff. So uh, that's a quick spiel on him. Um, not really a disciplinary issue. I think he'll thrive under a manager like Steve Bruce, who um, other guys with quote disciplinary issues like John Joe Shelby um, and um, Alan St. Maxman who shows up late to training and stuff, have thrived underneath Steve Bruce, and I think Vince Lepp potentially do the same. Um, no word on if this is a loan-to-buy deal or just a loan deal. There's reports in, all over that are saying that it's like a loan-to-buy deal, but none of those yeah. seem accurate to me. <laughs> the price is a little too low. Yeah, yeah. I want that, I'm, I'm interested to see that part of it, too. I'm kind of waiting on that. Yeah. Um, you know, it. it's, uh, yeah, like, the discipline issue, a, a lot of it can can be contributed to the fact that he's not playing. Also, um, like people see, I don't know. Like people aren't inside, so they don't really know what's going on at the same. Like I mean, they they said the same things about like the same Maximin, right? Like he. It's the same things about Shelby last season when he wasn't yeah. playing under Rafa. Was that yeah. like there was there were. It, it, yeah, it, if you don't give guys play times, they're upset, especially when you like refuse to sell them or something. Like, like the way his relationship ended last season with Schalke as a club, he should have been sold in the summer, but they yeah. just didn't. And so, I understandably, I can see why he's frustrated, and he's spoken out about it recently, talking about like they clearly they they keep having me train in the first team just to train with the first team, like basically saying like it's very obvious that. I'm not wanted here as a first-team player, um, and he's ready to move on. I'm sure his agent's ready to move on, which is probably why this happened so quickly. I think even Steve Bruce is a little surprised that he was on Tyneside today for medical, which is act- the actual story. I feel like we never actually mentioned that. That's why we're oh, yeah. talking about him. He's here. He was, he's here He's today. here. He's in Newcastle uh, for yeah. medical. Um, so uh, by the time this podcast goes live it, it's very well possible that he could be announced as a player or the deal's been done we have more information but for now all we're hearing is a loan deal um the loan to buy prices are a little too low 10 million euros for a guy they paid roughly 20 million euros for doesn't seem accurate especially when he's 25 and still a very good player um so we'll see mm-hmm. 
We shall see. Yeah. Um, next thing we want to talk about is another player, and that's Valentino Lazaro. Mm. Now, I'll give you do the same thing. Give you some information on Old Valley Lars. What do you think uh, Brucey's Val. nickname for him would be? Uh, Big Val. I mean, Big Val. How how tall is he? I mean, <laughs> actually, I, I have to uh, actually look. I can look Let's, that up real quick. Yeah, I, I just typed in. He's five eleven, so he's under six feet. So he's gonna be he's gonna be like Valley. It's gonna be or Lazzy. Laz. Laz. He's gonna shorten his name or something. <laughs> um, but, so Laz and uh, Nabby. Yeah. <laughs> Navi, and now we're gonna last. So, uh, <laughs> so it it was wonderful because Valentino Lazar's agent watched Newcastle's match against Chelsea, which was um, wild. <laughs> hopefully, you heard the the recap of that match. That was glorious. Um, he was yeah. there, and then um, he, uh, Lazar was named to the bench uh, for their match at, at Inter the next day. Uh, but the agent apparently stayed into. Stayed in, and he stayed in Newcastle to, for continued talks. Um, and there's multiple reports in Italy that claim that the deal is pretty much done. Uh, Lazaro's 23 years old, Austrian international, uh, play mainly like right-sided wing back or winger, but uh, he's been used on the opposite side too. So that that is valuable for us right now, um, and we'll get into that next. Uh, but yeah, so. Elijah, give me. Oh, so he started at uh, RB Salzburg, and then uh, went to Hertha Berlin, and then to Inter. And they're saying the room arena cost around 19 mil, which was, uh, or sorry, he became Inter player for 19 mil. And I think, I think the rumor is the transfer fee would be around that. Um, yeah. So what you what you got on Lazaro? Um. Uh- yeah, so I think you you've hit all the main points. I mean, he's a right-sided player. Um can play as a right winger or as a right wing back. I think in Newcastle that's very valuable for a couple reasons. One, we seem to have pretty terrible luck with our fullback health. Um <laughs> uh, so that's an area of of need um for us. But um additionally, like uh, if you talk about a dynamic winger you can bring off the bench or even start at times in place of St. Maxman or Almiron because like Christian Atsu is great and he looks great in certain matches, but he's I think you and I would both agree he's not that dynamic winger that Premier League strikers Premier League sides have that they can bring off the bench and can instantly make an impact every single time he's called upon. Yeah. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. It's just what you get with Christian Atsu. I mean, you can't be mad. We paid four million pounds for him, yeah. um, but I mean, he's he's perfectly decent. Um, uh, Lazaro would would slot in and hopefully be a, a little bit a little bit of a better player. Um, but I mean, he's he's at an inter side. Conte, he's not really the type of wing back Conte wants to play with. And Conte plays as you guys probably already know a three in the back system with true wing backs, and he's found himself behind Antonio Kondreva, um, who's kind of a right mid who's converted to wing back. Um, and uh, it looks like Inter Milan have even uh, triggered a loan-to-buy deal for Victor Moses, who would certainly mean that Lazaro is probably on his way out. Um, more of a, a, a an unfortunate situation. I think the talent is still there. People know. I, I don't think there's any questions of talent. I think Newcastle fans were super excited about him um, because he is a mainstay in the Austrian national team now. Um, 22 caps, 
um, sorry, 28 caps um, for the national team uh, since 2014. So he, he's a he's a good player. Um, it'll be interesting to see what I am hearing. His agent is doing a little bit of what Danny Campos, Miguel Amaro's agent, did. And, you know, people are asking about it. And it's like, I mean, the guy was in Newcastle, had a great time. I mean, there's all these rumors. He's been open about Lazaro wanting to leave. And everyone's obviously asking him, like, hey, you know, is this is there any weight to these rumors? And his response has pretty much been um, the classic uh, agent response. There are other teams interested, other offers on the table. And I think that's just trying to get Newcastle to go ahead and commit to whatever yeah. the the con- like because it, it's going to be a loan to buy deal. So I'm sure that what they're doing is hammering out the details of what that contract would be after you know Newcastle trigger the buy deal if they do, which I'd imagine they would. So um. That should be one to watch. I've heard RB Leipzig are also interested, but also I think that's just another name you can throw out there. Um, I don't know if Leipzig are really looking to make any improvements in, uh, you know, in their their back line or on the wings or anything like that. Yeah, he is yeah. a Red Bull product, but um, if he were truly in their plans, I think that he would have been bought, you know, by an RB team a while ago. Especially since he already played in the Bundesliga for Hertha Berlin, so. Should be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, by the point you're listening to this, look, it's it's already happened. <laughs> that would be that, your hope, but that's again, best. it is Newcastle. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you you know, him his agent being there this weekend is a, is a positive sign. Oh, I'm yeah. sure by the time this comes out, uh, he might have either been on Newcastle for a medical or this deal is just completely off. It's one of the two. There's no NP2. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, next bit of news that we should cover, Ooh. Elijah, mm. is actually, you know what? Scratch that. Okay. We're going to take a break. Oh, let's do that. Because that's what we do now. Yeah, because it's the shorter podcast. we got to do more breaks. Yep. Uh, the same so, amount of breaks. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to talk about a takeover bit, maybe? Oh. All right, let's do it right after this. Okay, so we have Newcastle has some big links. Well, I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's big. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who originally reported this, so sorry. I feel for... like it was the Shields Gazette. It was? I f- maybe, okay. or the Daily Mail. I don't remember who. Yeah, you're right. It kind of got lost, but it, it happened right yeah. after we released so sorry the last podcast. For not like a Friday. Giving... Oh, yeah, it happened immediately after our last podcast was released, like, of course. Literally but... right after. Yeah, um, but uh, it's American billionaire James Palotta. Palotta is uh, he's apparently eyeing a three hundred mil British takeover. Um, Newcastle and Leeds are under consideration, but it seems Newcastle is going to be it. So um, it's Italian. Oh, I have it. Italian news outlet Ad Kronos. All right, Ad Kronos. they claim that Pallotta had requested information about Newcastle and it, as he looks to mount a new venture in the sporting world. So um, James also is involved in running the Boston Celtics in, of the National Basketball Association, the league, the association, as people may call them. Um, and he's apparently looking to sell his majority shareholding in Roma to an American businessman named Dan Friedkin for $872 million dollars. Which is like definitely more than than what Newcastle would be purchased for. 
Um, so it's they claim twice that, the amount, actually. Yeah, they claim that they that he is looking for, to hit that three hundred million dollar mark. I don't know what their sources are, but that's what they're claiming. And uh, Elijah, what are your what are your things here? I mean, a lot of links with groups. Yeah, no action. A lot it's of true. Talk, um, no love. I think you know if you're talking about solidity of links in terms of the the, the person. I think this is one of our better bets because, um, you know, I think with uh, my boy from Syracuse, Joe DeGrosa, uh, Joey, there were some questions as to whether he could afford it based on his actions with his league uh, club and their lack of investment. Um, Peter Kenyon, same situation, whether he could afford it. Stavely was a broker as well. Um the Saudi prince thing, not the Saudi prince. I guess was he a Saudi prince or whatever? That yeah. guy, people. Th- there was no actual like, like people didn't know the person. This is a guy yeah. who um, is already in the footballing business. Um, uh, is already a, a multi billionaire. Uh, I think Greg mentioned before the pod, uh, worth nine billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and you know he has the money. He he's already looking to sell his club, so it actually is the only one that makes sense. Um, there's no reason for him to really sell Roma unless he was going to uh, to, to to try to purchase a different club. Uh, Roma are a successful club in Italy, uh, consistently um, v- vying for a Champions League place. Um, they, I mean, they've had a lot of really solid players go through there, like et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, I, I, like, the money's there. The, the potential sale of his club could fund this move entirely and more. So, it, it kind of it makes sense. Um, I think one thing that's interesting is that, of course, this came out during January, and everyone's like, the, the Ashley PR machine. But this came out, and immediately after, you have Newcastle linked to pretty much sign two players and invest still. So, this one also doesn't feel like a, a, an Ashley PR machine for that reason alone. Um, but I will, of course, have to defer to our default kind of stance on this podcast is that if you're hearing about it, it's likely not true. I I think that there is interest, but I don't know if he's really reached out to Mike Ashley in order to start negotiation process. And I don't think that yeah. will happen until um, Roma is sold. And, you know, he has a clear picture of how much money he's getting, when that money's arriving, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very well said. Thanks. By the way. Also, this guy is just trying to... He's living out the Boston Italian-American immigrant dream. Like... Oh my gosh, yeah. Because, look, like, this guy literally... So he's uh, he's half Italian, and he's born in Boston. Um, and he has this private investment firm that basically built he built his wealth off of. But he bought one of the biggest clubs in Italy, um, historically, Roma... Um, and then also is an investor in the Boston Celtics. So it's like a dream come true. <laughs> Love it. So. Love it. But yeah, Greg, uh, your odds, I love to ask you this, your odds of, of yeah. this actually occurring, um, scale of 1 to 10. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a 1.2. Okay. <laughs> okay a follow-up question just because I, i'm is... i'm really gonna like it's i know people may roll their eyes here and that but like i'm really standing on the fact that if i'm hearing it it's definitely not happening who else was that who said that was it luke edwards or was chris Woff who who you who like wrote that as well 
What? Because that's the whole reason we started taking that, we making that statement. Well, yeah, about... I mean, there. Well, there's a lot of evidence too, like you know, Chelsea, Man City, like most yeah. most of the recent takeovers in modern history. Like the next day, you woke up and you're like, oh. Oh crap! Somebody bought that club. Like, and I didn't even know it was gonna. Also, like, just not at a Premier League level as well. Yeah, did I mean, every level. I mean, I remember yeah, yeah, we yeah. were talking about um, Degrosa. Like, someone had bought like a, a championship side. Like at the same time, it yeah, might have but... been when the Bolton thing. Someone may have bought Bolton or something like that. Yeah. Even when Sunderland got taken over, it was just like, um, like you just kind of heard about it. I think honestly, that broker report might have broken that story because the owner went directly to them and was like i want to break this with you guys or some bs like that i don't know um but yeah i mean that's spot on um even with his current negotiations it kind of came out of nowhere in december of 2019 that there was an agreement to sell the team for 872 million um to the the, the consortium but even since that was kind of revealed um people thought all right well it's a done deal but it hasn't happened yet um, yeah, and it yeah. could still potentially not happen. Um, and then just because we have a little bit more time, um, because we're, this is just a news pod, this is my final question. What would your number one kind of like want for a new owner to 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 bring to Newcastle? I mean, a new owner is coming in. You have the opportunity to sit one on one with him, and you have to tell you tell him one thing. Like this is this should be the first thing you focus on. Put money towards. What, what would you say? Facilities, infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's a no-brainer for me. Like yeah. I like as an owner, like you I feel like you really like an owner of a business, an owner like well in most cases, uh you want your product to be the most outstanding product, especially when at this level when you have the capital yeah to make an impression. Like I want Newcastle United to have the best facilities, the best youth system. Like I want it to start from the ground up. Like we can we can get the first team there eventually like we can even continue the mike ashley method and sustain everything and continue to build up all the facilities once everything's set once we have the youth team facilities set up and and uh like then go for the first team and that will start building the reputation like from the u18s all from the u12s all the way up so uh, yeah and to be fair the mike ashley method technically speaking has not failed in multiple ways. It's just been a willingness from Mike Ashley to spend. Well, has been not the, failed, the, meaning I just want to survive. Well, I mean, in the, in in the sense of like some of the target, like the 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 general idea of buying players young that could potentially you could flip for oh. a, a lot of money is not a foreign idea. I mean, we call it the Mike Ashley method, but a lot of clubs do this. Oh no, um, no, sorry, I was I was talking about the Mike Ashley method as. Just surviving. Oh, doing that's whatever fair. it takes. Okay, to I survive. thought you mean like, like in terms of like building your first team with like young players you could flip yeah, for a yeah. lot of money. I mean, that, that's like that's actually pretty smart. There's drawbacks, of course, because you get to nitty gritty. You need veterans, all that kind of stuff. But I would agree with you, especially when um like building a new facility, like realistically, is Plural. not that expensive. Yeah. It, like I mean, there's a lot of MLS clubs who are, who are going through this right now, particularly the new ones. And it's like, you know, they're spending thirty million US dollars on a facility that they build in like a year and a half, and it's state of the art and much better than. Yeah, how much did Jolinton cost? Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> like, like the like it, it's not super expensive to do, and it and it 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 does 
like so much in terms of just your credibility as a potential destination. Like, yeah, St. James is a great ground. I don't know if you really need to do a ton of improvements on St. James off the bat. But, like, I mean, yeah, a lot of players are going to be wowed by walking to St. James. And they all say that. But I think they're going to even be even be more wild when you when they walk into a state-of-the-art training facility with the latest and greatest medical technology to help with recovery. And it's, it's interesting because the training yeah. staff is a very good training staff, but they're just not given the tools. We, we talked about this on a couple pods ago. It's just like they're not given the tools to perform at their, you know, to the best of their ability. Um, yeah. And that's the Ashley era in a nutshell. Uh, very true. Uh, next thing mm-hmm. we want to talk about is some sad news, some somber news for Newcastle. Uh, we got word that Paul Dummett and Jetro Willems will miss the rest of the season due to yep. injury. Uh, Paul just lasted 13 minutes um, of his comeback game against Wolves, and it was a hamstring problem, and then... Willems ruptured his ACL against Chelsea. Um, it it the news presumably like it presumably means that Willems would go back to Frankfurt. Uh, but in Willems' statement that he posted on Twitter, he said, "This will not be my last game for NUFC." Yeah, I mean, I think so, it's fair. I, I like it's, so it's, that that's leaving yeah. me hope that we did agree to sign him, or there's something in place there. So yeah, I think there's something in place. I don't know if it's it's been agreed upon. I'm, I'm so, it's not sorry if it's been like signed is what I would say. But you're right. I mean, we talked about we kind of hit on Dummett when we did injuries last time. I know I know in the preview for Chelsea, I did mention that people that news came out last Thursday that. The Dummett injury was a little bit more serious than initially thought. I think most people thought he'd miss another couple weeks. Um, and then it was kind of revealed that it was going to be a few months. And I, so I was not that shocked about him. Um, the way the Willems injury happened, um, the fact that it was an impact injury, I was I was really concerned. Um, I was really hoping he'd like, you know, just tweaked his knee or something or sprained it. Um, it's really unfortunate. That was an, that was an ACL injury. Um, and, and like you said, I do think he's going to return to Frankfurt and, just based on how the players were reacting to him, and I mean, Jamal Sells commented on it, same action. Like some, a lot of players have responded to his his post. It, it does seem like um, the team's in good spirits that he's probably going to be back here uh, next season. Um, I mean, we'll see. But it's, yeah, it, 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 there's hope. no reason for him not to be. He was like probably one of the most fun left backs we've had to watch, you know, playing wise. In a, in a really long Since time. probably Antonio Barreca. <laughs> uh, we've actually done a swap deal. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, this will be interesting because it does free up spots on the 25-man squad. There's there's a rumor that, or some people are saying that Dummett could be back before the end of the season. There's, a, like, a very small chance. But yeah, I wouldn't chance so, it. I mean, he's, like, 29. Like, you just... Yeah. I, you set up shop, just wrap it up, like you're done. Yeah, so that could leave two open spots in the 25-man roster. So, uh, hello, loan deals. And uh, Key is looking like he's on his way out as well. Um, yeah. I'm going to try to get rid of him at, at just in general. But I could very Andre well... Saive and Jack Colback will stay forever. Well, I mean, Key is probably on a much more reasonable salary, which is bizarre to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that's wild. Um, That's wild. So, uh, 
I just can't wait for those two to to just be done. <laughs> What's insane is that like the the salaries they're making, like Mike Ashley's probably looking at it as loan to buy deals for that reason, where it's like, oh, I'm just gonna pretty much replace their salaries with like these two new guys. <laughs> And he's still in his mind, like somehow saving money, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it sucks. Um, it, this does add to the transfer list and kind of put Steve Bruce in an interesting situation because Newcastle now need a either backup left wing back or yep. um, you have to push some pressure on Mike Ashley to make Lazaro a thing, and he's going to just be a right wing back, and Minkio is going to have to move over to being back to a, a backup left wing back. Um, yeah, yeah, type role. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting, uh, yep. but I don't know. We'll see. Let's let's see. Let's move on now. Uh, next thing is Florian Lejeune. Uh, if you need a cover guy, that's the man you call. So in the match day program of against Chelsea, there's an odd question asked about Florian Lejeune. The question was. How would you dispose of a dead body if you had only one hour to get rid of it? Like the legit question that was posted in the program. Yeah. Uh, it's and his answer was, <laughs> "I'm watching a series at the minute called You, and it is about that. I would put it in a boat. Oh, in a boot. Oh, in the boot, the trunk for Americans. I'd put it in the boot oh. of my car, drive out to sea. I don't know how he's driving out to sea, but." Um, put it well, he's on just a driving boat. to a bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. Put it on a boat and throw it into the sea with weights on it. <laughs> also... Like, that's that's a real question that they asked Florian Lejeune that he gave an actual, like, thought-out answer of how he would dispose of the body. So, yeah. put it in the trunk of his car, drive to a boat, take it out to sea, and dump it with weights on top. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very good way to dispose of a body. Um, yeah. First and foremost, I, I do want people to recognize the show You is not just about uh, disposing of dead bodies. That'd be a terrible show. Mm. It's it's like this. Yeah, this it's crazy, like a stalker, right? Yeah, he's like stalker yeah. who like kills like pretend. It's really mad. I don't get it. I'm not really into those types of shows, but the millennials and the Gen Zers they love it. Greg, they're all, that's yeah. all the rage on Twitter when season two came out. I was like, okay. oh, this is something I'm just not participating in. But, my, um, my wife yeah. watches you, so I haven't seen an episode of it yet. But, well, uh, we should bring her in as an expert. Yeah, as a you expert. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. We'll see what her answer is. Yeah. <laughs> not good for you, Greg. <laughs> yeah. So that, that at least we'll have it on the record for if I do go missing. Yeah, we know who did it. Yeah. Um, cool. But, yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's close out. Let, yeah, well, do you want to let's move to meter. the BS meter? Yeah. And then, and then we'll uh, go to questions. Yeah. All right. So BS meter. Uh, this should be relatively quick because these guys. Uh, I don't. I don't really know about them. Um, so this one's a kind of an update. BS meter. Gerard Bowen uh, or Jared Bowen. I'm not really sure how to say his name, but we'll I would go with Jared. Gerard seems like the way it's spelled. It looks like it should be Gerard. Yeah. So I wish British somebody would are, really help us out for this. Yeah. Yeah. Someone. Someone tell us. Um, Bowen, uh, Newcastle were apparently in form. Then, like, we had a BS meter, uh, we had an update a, a couple weeks ago that were like basically like Tottenham or someone were going to sign him. And now we're back in form. His agent says he wants to leave Hull. Um, the club have named their asking price. They haven't budged on it at 20 million pounds. 
Newcastle have submitted an offer for 12 million pounds. Right winger scores a lot of goals. Um, kind of a free right winger role. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if he's the, the the forward that Greg wants to bring in. But Greg, now that we're back at this situation with with Jared Bowen, is this BS or Newcastle actually trying to pull the trigger on this guy, or is it just a a big load of BS? I think because of Steve Bruce, I think the answer is yes. I, I don't think there's BS in this story. Okay. I think there. I think there's an actual, actual legit interest here. Yeah. Yeah, I think well. Bruce wants him. He's obviously Hall's star player, and he's 23, which is promising. And uh, like to have a 23 year old striker killing it in the championship is not a bad thing, to be honest. Um, like Americans would gush over something like that, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, if we had a had a U twenty three or sorry a a twenty three year old American in the championship that's dominating, we would mm. be going nuts for that. Um, so, so the fact that there is a twenty three year old dominating in the championship, that's like you, you would most teams probably want that player. So if we if we do get that player, I wouldn't be mad at that um, simply because there's so much that could that he could end up being. Um, you think of, and this is the absolute top, but you think of like a Jamie Vardy, right? Like a guy who had been through the ruck of it. Jamie Vardy wasn't a youth team prospect coming all the way up. He had to prove himself on first teams at lower levels and then made it. Um, Bowen has a lot of time to become that player. If, if he's able to reach that ceiling, that's as high as it could go. It could just be, this is what he is and this is what he always will be. But at 23, there's a lot of hope that he could become more. And I think with Bruce's experience in the championship and his links uh, with Hall, I think there's a lot of possibility that these are like real talks that are happening every day. Yeah, I, I do think that um, it's one of those things where I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Bruce's relationship with the club, I mean, his affiliate, his, 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 I don't know how to say this, his somewhat obsession with players he's seen in the championship, like, he loves Dwight Gale. Repeatedly has said he's not for sale or not for loan. In the club, have been pretty much said the opposite. Like they're trying to get rid of him, and Bruce is just like, no, he's great. Um, his his affinity, I say, for championship players, it, it's on par for a Steve Bruce signing. Um, I, I don't I don't know how he kind of fits into this side. Whether it's a second, I think this would require us to do a little bit of a shift in formation. Um, I mean, and to be honest, some of these signings in general are would require that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but like you said, he has time to develop and time to, to impress. And I mean, 37 goals in the past two seasons, is, well, season and a half really, is nothing to snuff at for sure. That That's no. a lot of goals. Um, yeah. I don't care where you're playing. That damn near 40 goals in uh, a season and a half. So that, that's really good. Uh, moving on to a pair of midfielders um, that Newcastle have been linked to. Um, one, uh, I think is just really not going to happen. And the other, eh, we'll see. But after the news of Benzeleb, I don't know about either one of these. Um, Tiago Maia, uh, the Brazilian who's 22 years of old, plays for Lille. Um, and, uh, his midfield partner, Bubakari Sumare, French, uh, player who also plays for Lille. Um, Bu- Sumare is more of a straight up defensive midfielder destroyer. Maia similar, but also has a little bit of playmaking ability, um, it might be Maya. 
I don't know how to say his name. Well, Tiago, we'll just call him Tiago. He's only made three appearances this season. Made a lot of appearances for uh, Lille last season. Um, and then kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that happened. He just hasn't really gotten into the first team at all this season. Um, really more on par with a lot of Newcastle players that we've been, a lot of players we've been linked to. Samare has been the exact opposite. 20 years old, has pretty much started every match for them and reportedly has a 50 million pound uh 50 million euro release clause and tons of interest newcastle being a team that's been interested in him thoughts on this potential move um from the team that has loic remy as their starting striker <laughs> uh so bubakari samari right? yeah uh yeah, like that would be the biggest shock in the world if we can get him. Literally, the teams that are interested in him are Man United, Chelsea, Real Madrid has been scouting him repeatedly. I've seen. Um, he's like one of the most sought after midfielders in League One right now. Yeah. Um, I remember I got lucky enough for a Strasbourg match that I was able to watch and. I, it was on. Uh, it was being streamed on like a B, one of the BN channels that I was streaming, and it was in English. And they were talking about this kid, and saying like how like all the big clubs in the world, like PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona. I mean, he's Man the next United, Conte. Everybody like, is is scouting him. So, BS meter, one gazillion. Yeah. Dude, like the, yeah, I'm sure Newcastle wants him. That's not the BS. Yeah. The no. BS for me in this is it's not no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interestingly enough, he's one of the guys. He's he's a PSG Academy product that um, that because he didn't have a first team contract, Lille yeah. signed him for free, which is just mm-hmm. like, wow, PSG. They just they're Mbappe said he wanted to win the Champions League, Olympics, and Euro twenty twenty this year, and I'll tell you, he's not going to do all three of those because he's at PSG. Like that, they just there seems to be no actual direction there. Um, anyway. Wait, what's that have to do with PSG? Well, just like they let one of the hottest French prospects literally walk out of their door. Yeah, but and you just, then bought, you just like, named two a or, bunch of like international competitions. Well, yes, I just said, oh, because he wants to win the Champions League Euro 2020 in the Olympics. Oh, well, he could win two of those. That's why I said he's not going to win all three because... Oh, I see what... Okay, yeah. I got you, got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that's just a backwards club. What about Thiago? What are your thoughts on him? He's a player who's only made three appearances this year. I don't know. Defensive midfielder, central midfielder, um, Brazilian. Scientist. Yeah, so was he not on the BS meter before? Yeah, we were linked to him this past summer. Okay. Yeah, because I, I feel like... And last winter, because he was good last year. All right, yeah, I feel like we've, we've spoken about him a few times. Yeah. So with Thiago... I mean, he's young too. Like he's another. What's he, how old is he? Twenty two. Oh come on! He plays defensive um, midfielder, left mid, left back, central midfielder. Plays all over and played a lot for Leo last year. Well, um, I kind of cheated on this one. I just googled his name. Oh. And the BS meter is at gazillion. Um, okay. Because it looks like Tiago Maia is in Brazil. And he's going to complete a move with Flamingo. Oh, shout out to him! <laughs> Unfortunate, so, yeah. but that's a that's a. I usually don't look him up. I try to give raw reactions, and I, but because I've heard the name, and I know we've talked about him. I just wanted to. I I don't know. I just look for some reason. 
Yeah. But yeah, it looks like he's going to Flamingo. All right, well, here's another one that might be a bit BS, which I feel like we've also mentioned And I'm not going to Google this one. <laughs> I mean, I, we, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned him before, but we're linked back into him. By the way, we were linked to a loan deal for Hamza Chowdhury. That's not happening. Uh, that's just not happening. <laughs> I also, Newcastle fans would be pissed if it happens, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, this guy has literally ended the season of, like, two. Well, not in, he's injured, like, three Newcastle well, players in two years. hot take, if he's on our team, can he injure our players? Well, true, he can't, but we don't play <laughs> Leicester anymore, so yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Alex Crawl, another midfielder type player, can play defensive midfielder, um, center back, um, cent- and I guess center mid, but more of a uh, straight up destroyer, kind of that player that Steve Bruce was hoping for, could potentially get him on a somewhat cheap, uh. Uh, wage playing in Russia for Spartak Moscow, 21 years old, um, moved from Slavia Prague to Spartak Moscow. I think we were linked to him before he went to Spartak Moscow because we've, I think we've mentioned him before because he would, he literally was like, when, you know, when you type in his name on Google, like it was like the first link was already clicked because I'd already looked him up before. So I'm sure we've talked about him before, but another player Steve Bruce is interested in just moved to um, Moscow this past summer has it's only nine appearances, the majority of them in the starting 11, but then again, only nine appearances in the Russian League and in Champions, well, 20 appearances total, but nine appearances in the league, and, you know, I don't know, it's not really great, uh, 20 appearances total, but still, not not great, but linked to Newcastle, so, thoughts? Yeah, so this one is also not going to happen uh, yeah. yet. So, I do know that old Alex cannot be transferred in this window because he was, uh, he's been to a new club in the last two windows, and you are blocked after a window after that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember us talking about him. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. So he, yeah, the two uh, you said Spartak, and what was the other? Uh, he was at Slavia Prague before then, yeah, and was sold and that to was Slavia Prague. The summer, like the actually the winter before. Oh wait, so there was a gap. No, no, no. He was sold in January of twenty nineteen oh, okay. to Slavia and then, Prague, and then this summer, and then and well, not really the summer. Uh, the Russian league is weird. He was sold oh, yeah. in September, which Got is it. the other thing is like, yeah, I'm I'm talking about his appearances. Then I realized I was like, oh, the Russian league is just like weird. They have yeah. they start differently. So I mean, he actually has played. A fair a bit of matches for Slavia Prague. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But yeah, I saw that so, too, and I was like, I don't know if this is happening this this uh this window, but Yeah. Cool. We'll see. Well, we, do we have anything else? Uh we can hit some questions before uh the people have to we have to say goodbye to the people. Yeah, let's uh let's do some questions and and we'll do that right after this break. All right, Elijah. Mm. Here we are with some questions and your first one from the esteemed Batman's Milkman, Oh, uh, which we've kind of, kind of answered is why Nabil? I mean, he actually fits a need that we have. Destroyer <laughs> uh, can link offense from defense. So uh, Darlington Nagby. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The the 
Algerian Darlington Nagmi. Yeah. Um, yeah, why not? My answer. Yeah. Uh, Larry. Larry? Larry? Well, it's just Ben underscore Weiss. <laughs> yeah. um, if Newcastle was run like Elijah's FIFA 18 career mode, which, like, why FIFA 18? Is that because of your article? Well, I've been saying that this whole, this whole, all this, since we ain't oh, say yeah, Maxman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been saying, like, Newcastle was just playing my FIFA 18 save file, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty accurate. Really more FIFA 19 than anything, because I actually haven't done a Newcastle career mode in FIFA 20, but that's, actually, no, I have. I signed Yusuf Atal from Nice. He's a beast. I don't know where that that guy's going to be like Real Madrid this summer. He's a beast. So anyway. if we were in 15, FIFA 18, where would we be in the standings today? Oh, first, right? well, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm playing it, so we're in first. Yeah. We would have won the Champions League. Also, like, FIFA, it's so much easier to sign really good young players in a video game because it's a video game. Yeah. So... Also, their transfer budget for Newcastle is just, like, way more than I would expect. Like, it's, like, 45, 50 million pounds. And if you play your cards right, you can you can do some, some business in FIFA with that. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, last question for you mm. is from Jake Maxwell at JakeMaxwell98. If you could pick any player under 23 oh. worth less than 15 mil Jeez. that's uh, using transfer market or a similar source, who would you pick and why? Oh, wow. I oh. have one. Okay. One that immediately pops to mind. Uh, I'm just checking transfer market. Yep, we're good. Um, and this is definitely an American bias here. Okay. But I'm going with the 20-year-old Tyler Adams. Oh, yeah. He'd be a beast. As a defensive midfielder. <laughs> yeah. Not as a right back. Um, but but we could Isaac Hayden him if we wanted to. I mean, yeah, because he <laughs> he has actually, that skill set. Yeah, he's had that. He's displayed that skill set way earlier in his career than Isaac Hayden did. Yeah, so like he had he's a d- defensive midfielder that is able to be a right back if possible, actually, even a right wing back. Yeah, came on um, the scene as a right back, really. If we're being yeah. keeping it a hundred, but he's he's a star for RB Leipzig and. Uh, like he's becoming like an everyday like when he's playing he so this year has been a little bit different but like when he plays he's like an extreme different difference maker for them yeah um, so it was it was like he had an injury and then had like you know it, it was out for most of the season and then you know RB Leipzig's been killing it so he hasn't been able to get in the squad and actually but, in their last two matches he's he's started well well so, the the thing was with him was in these last two matches was he just came back from injury because um, yeah. he had he had some issues he had an injury and then he played a couple games picked up another injury um, I well I guess he was just more serious than they thought but he immediately was named to the first team like he started the day he after st- he yeah was he started healthy. both in in both three to one wins and he started as a right back and a D mid in back to back games yeah like immediately slotted back in the first team at yeah. a team that's currently contending for the Bundesliga title. Yeah. Um, so they're in first, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They might. I don't know. After what Dortmund did, shout out, shout out, Gio Reyna, 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 Gio Reyna, Gio Reyna. Yeah, yeah. Shout out him. Uh, guess, so who, uh, who's Bundesliga. yours? Uh, yeah, RB Leipzig has a four point lead. On shout the out to them. Um, it's so easy who, for me. Who's yours? Uh, we've talked oh. about this a lot. Salman Rondon. Like, 
it's just we need a mentor for Joel Linton. I think that he's a but guy who, who is can... it really? No, I'm serious. I would I would go with no, Solomon. Huh? The question is under 23 for 15 mil or less. Oh gosh, I have to go under 23. I just assumed under for under 15 mil or less. Well, yeah, that yeah. Makes things interesting, huh? Yeah, under 23 worth less than 15 mil. Who would you pick and why? Damn, that is it's actually tough. Hmm. That's why I went Tyler Adams. You huh. see, you see why I did that now? Yes. Can I go Mbappe? <laughs> is he under 15 mil? <laughs> He's definitely not. Are you sure? I mean, Newcastle are interested in him. <laughs> no, unfortunately, yeah, they're for they're you. very interested in Kylian Kylian Mbappe. Um, there's a there's a price tag difference on that one, huh? Okay, okay. Let's see. There's a guy I have in in my my head, but I want to make sure he's under 15 mil. I can't spell his name. This is an issue. <laughs> this all is right. great podcasting. This is we're gonna leave all this in too. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like I always okay. I think actually, you know what? I'm pretty sure this guy is worth under 15 mil right now. No, he's not. Damn, I was going to say Yusuf Atal because he would be perfect for Newcastle, but he's <laughs> worth $30 million, which I guess is 25 million pounds in, in the British. We can go um, my boy for my career mode, De La Vega, who would be fun as well, uh, who is an Argentinian guy, plays for uh, okay. Lanus. Um, another winger, but he also can play as a cam, a striker, a left winger, left mid, right mid, can pretty much... Fill every Newcastle dynamic sub um, type role. Um, 18 years old and is killing it in Argentina um, at the same club that Miguel Almiron was at, and is only like valued at like 10 million pounds. So he yeah, would be an I, I just got an 11. Yeah, oh yeah, 11.4 million dollars so, US dollars. So so yeah, yeah, I just I think that he would be pretty fun to watch. Um, but that's like a a more of a a FIFA signing rather than a real... I think Tyler Adams is a better realistic signing. You know, in, in Transfer Market, a comparable player to him... Who? Is Name somebody him. I would love to see. Diego Diego Lanez. Oh. The Mexican uh, left winger for Real Betis. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out like, to him. Let's he's, go. He's been, let's he's go really with good. that. I would love for him to be at Newcastle. Also, That's a question we got from the last part about Mexicans in at, at Newcastle. Yeah, that I'd I'd be in for that. All I'm pretty day. sure that's a that's a guy. Him and Herrera are two guys. I think if Mexican people bought us, that they would bring in because yeah. they're both really good and are like the stars in the Mexican national team. And Chicharito, <laughs> yeah. of course, because why not? Yeah, why why not let it fly? All right, <laughs> cool. Let's get this uh, let's get this one over with then. Um, so you, the next podcast you'll get, maybe maybe we have 10 new signings, who knows. But um, until then, you'll get those emergency pods as they arrive. But uh, your next pod, if there isn't any, will come Friday morning, which will be a preview pod, previewing the next match against Oxford United. So until then, we bid you farewell. Uh, that concludes episode 113 of CHN Radio. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end to the rear, I'm coming home.
to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're bawdy and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self-pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine. Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door he plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again the dog is in James's Park in the Gallagher Gent in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll wait for a bottle of the river tonight I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll pray the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle